0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Grill the Pastor. Today I am here with Pastor Chris. He is a pastor at Horizon West Church in the Orlando, Florida area. And today I have some exciting, hopefully challenging questions for you. I'm sure they will be. I can't wait. I can't wait. A little bit of my story quick. I'm a newer Christian, recently baptized. Uh, this whole last couple of years has been a crazy journey. So some of my questions come from other people that are in my life and some just from my past, too, that I'm totally curious to ask you. In the Bible, Jesus is very um, authoritative, right? Mm-hmm. And he comes down and basically says, I am who I am. Sometimes when reading it, one can think that it's almost Egoic of Jesus to be so definitive and authoritative. How do you how do you feel about that? Or how do you like reconcile that as you're reading it for this man to just come out of out of nowhere basically and say I am I am this
1: the way I reconcile that Michael is uh, If Jesus is in fact who he says he is he he makes claims to be you know The way the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me That's probably one of the most glaring statements that people would want to if he's not that, then certainly you're talking not only arrogance but but delusion. But on the flip side, if he is that, um, then it becomes an issue of truth, and uh, and a necessary statement, a necessary line, so to speak, to draw. Much like, you know, if the sun were to apologize for being the sun, hey, you know, Neptune, you come and be the center of the solar system. You know, you give it a shot. I'll 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 defer. Well the entire solar system would spin out of control, right? It is necessary that the sun not apologize for its role in the system. And what I find interesting, Michael, is you know, a lot of people will point to the fact that Jesus said he's the only way, but I look at it differently
0: and go, Jesus said there is a way. Tell me what you think about this. The thought was, love thy neighbor, um, all are welcome to the family now. But then in Corinthians, he writes, actually, I wrote you to not to associate with anyone who claims to be a brother or sister Mm -hmm. and is sexually immoral or greedy or an idolater Mm -hmm. or verbally abusive or drunkard or a swindler. Mm -hmm. Do not even eat with such a person. Mm -hmm. So I feel like there's a contradiction there. What does one do with that? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's a tough one. I got him.
1: Ah, we'll see. We'll see. And I, and I don't I don't want to create any easy solutions or answers. There are those things that are tough to reconcile. In the Gospel of Luke, a woman comes to Jesus and she says, "Jesus, will only a few be saved?" And this is the place where Jesus says two things. One of which radically widens uh, the gates of heaven, in a sense. And one that sort of narrows it. And so Jesus says, wide is the road that leads to destruction, and many find it. This is one of my favorites. Narrow is the road. You know how it goes. Narrows the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. And then Jesus says, and people will come from the north, the south, the east, and the west, and will take their place at the kingdom of God, but you yourselves will be on the outside. And you're going, w- w- what is he talking about? And Jesus, what's fascinating is I believe he's... Both at the same time, broadening the kingdom of God to say every man, woman, and child from every nationality, every language, every place, every time in history, is welcome in. And this is what you see in in Matthew twenty-eight, what we call the Great Commission: go and make disciples of all nations.
0: Revelation this seven. Is where I'm confused because Jesus says these things. It broadens. Yeah, yeah, and then you know, in Corinthians here, to this this letter he's writing. The
1: second part about the do not eat or associate, I don't believe he's saying don't eat, meaning like don't meet them for a meal. It's this idea of that table that I talked about with the the wealthy and the You're poor. You're inside and then, family. D- yeah, be careful because what's going to happen is a watching world is going to start to see a growing number of these so-called Christians who really are deviant. They're divisive. They're you know gossiping there, and he's going. We need to protect
0: that. So he's. Maybe I re- believe. I, I believe he might yeah, yeah, be yeah. referring to people that are christians but not acting as it christians could be. absolutely it could be. yeah that would make a lot more sense the idea in christianity is if basically if you don't if you don't believe mm-hmm. in god and jesus mm-hmm. that you go to hell mm-hmm. now a friend a friend said to me how is that not the devil's work mm-hmm. so it's like believe or burn mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, it's very forced, and I think what I would have written here, what I wrote before, is people don't like to be forced into things. Wouldn't more people have turned to God if if there wasn't this forcing Mm. factor? Mm. If we were able to just say, oh, wow, that sounds really nice. I want that, instead of if you don't believe it. So that's a confusing thing for me, because if this was all God's plan... Mm -hmm. Why would it be? Why would it have this forceful intention behind it? Mm. And that's the thing that I yeah. I wrestle with.
1: Now, this one you you've probably touched on what I find the most challenging of all the aspects <laughs> of,
0: of we got to the of, climax. Of, yeah, already.
1: of the Christian faith because yeah, I mean it's a hard it is a hard truth. I have said to myself, if if I were God, I would not have done it that way. To which I've heard somebody say, if I were God, I also would not have sacrificed my own son to save people that don't really have, want to have anything to do with me. Right, so right. I've got I've to have enough humility to go, I'm not God, and, and I don't understand some of the outpouring of graciousness that he demonstrates. I also don't understand sometimes where judgment comes in and why that happened. And, right. But if I bring all the, everything back, Michael, to the, if God is the source in the beginning... Uh, then that is where life is. And anything outside of God is outside of life. And so I think of it less like God going, all right, I'm going to go, you know, if, if you don't believe in me, you go here. And if you believe in me, you go here. He's going, this is the source of life. Just a real quick aside, Michael, but it'll bring us to the, the yeah. point that I want to make. Our first daughter was born at 24 weeks. And so she was one pound, nine ounces. Babies uh, lose weight right after they're born. She got down to one pound, three ounces. So think about a 20-ounce, a drink Mountain Dew, (laughs) 20-ounce Mountain Dew, you know, that was the weight of our child. And we would do this, we'd put her in our shirt and do what's called kangaroo care and get skin on skin, all that stuff. At one point in her journey, she was 146 days in the neonatal intensive care unit. And at one point, she needed an urgent blood transfusion. Uh, The problem is her blood type is O-negative. And O negative is the least universal of all the blood
0: types. I'm, I'm O
1: negative. Well, there you go. We didn't know. We, <laughs> didn't know me at that time. I shouldn't time. even say we didn't know people that were O negative. We didn't have time to make phone calls. Right. They immediately went to the blood bank and they said, "We need O negative blood. It can't be O positive. It can't be A, B, B positive. All, all of the. This is the only blood that will save this child." And when I think about God, if He is truly the source, and if Jesus came on a mission to save. We can go, well, why, why couldn't this one be? Or that? And it's like, this is the only way. this is. And, and as a parent, I gladly went, I don't care what the blood type is. You know, if it will save my child. And my hope as a, as a pastor, as somebody who shares the good news of Jesus, would be that, that it cuts through even some of those questions. We all have them to go, if there is salvation, if
0: there is hope, if there is any way, uh, I'll receive it. But hold on. Next question. What about the people who have not heard of Jesus? Mm -hmm. I wrestle with this. I think people wrestle with this. I've heard an answer such as, um, you know, God excuses those Mm -hmm. who, uh, you know, haven't heard Mm -hmm. the Gospels. And so what about the small, you know, an Indian child who Mm -hmm. grew up in a completely different religion for Mm -hmm. many years? Mm -hmm. What happens then, you know? How can we say, well, they... That's it for them. Like, it's such a hard thing to wrap your head around. Well, yes, Michael. And
1: there's no clear answer. There there is no clear answer. This is, of all the places, Michael, this this is where there are a lot of divergent views, and I'll articulate where I lean, but I cannot say with confidence it is biblical truth, and there's guys I respect that are probably right and left of me. Right. Uh, When Jesus died on the cross, um, he said, Father, forgive them. Do you remember how it finishes? They um, don't know what they they're doing. They don't know what they're doing yet. They don't know what they do. They don't know. Yeah. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. There's a graciousness in the heart of God and the heart of Jesus that sometimes when the questions are, or the answers rather, are murky, I go, man, I don't really know. Man, Jesus is so filled with grace. He, he didn't die and so that like, man, I'm only going to get five or six. Like Jesus wants to save we, we've heard reports of, of missionaries going to villages, and as soon as these people heard about Jesus, they went, that's who it is, you know, because there was such a sense of the presence of this divine being who was, you know, making the harvest come and the, the rainfall and the sun. And so we do know in Philippians 2, it says that every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I just wonder, are some of those people doing that through gritted teeth and going, oh, I have to say it, but I don't want it. I don't, you know, and are some of those people going, hallelujah, praise God. That this this is what I've longed for my whole life. And what I can say with confidence, Michael, is in this present moment, I believe that those who uh, are are living outside of faith in God are are missing, you know, they're missing out. I don't say that with judgment, I just say I, I have experienced so much hope and gratitude in life in following Jesus that whatever God does with the judgment and the eternal, you know, part of that, I know that some people are living in almost a, a temporal hell right now. The, the, they're, they're crushed with depression, with anxiety, with with trying to earn God's favor. I mean, this is the problem with so many of the religions is they're so debilitating. And the good news of Jesus is, hey, Jesus <laughs> spread out his arms and died. He 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 took the sins of the world on himself, and so through belief I'm freed from that. Um, and I think that's good news now, not just for eternity.
0: A hopeful response
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to a very hard question. And one we don't fully have the answer yeah. to, I believe, yeah. Right.
0: Why does spilling of animal blood, in, at least in the Old Testament, yeah. why does the spilling of animal blood atone for sins? Where do you think that started? Like, why killing an animal and offering it? Where does that come from?
1: Because of my belief in Jesus, and I I now see all of the Bible, the Genesis through Revelation, the two covenants, through the lens of that kind of milestone moment where Jesus is crucified. Um, and, And I've heard people say, I agree with this. It's kind of like the entire yeah uh, first covenant is is bringing us there and the entire, entire second covenant or new testament some people call it is kind of leading us from there but it's it's all there um and so then you see again in, But what about all these poor animals that died well for sure yeah <laughs> yeah and and there are my you know i know some people who go hey they were instantly in heaven with uh, god you know so right. i don't know
0: right right, right. um
1: but it does point to, and this is actually the book of Leviticus, this is almost the whole point of it. It does point to the fact that every sin comes with a consequence. There is no such thing as a victimless sin in a sense. And certainly every sin grieves the heart of God because it's settling for so much less than what he offers us. Yes. So I think it illustrates, the, it illustrates that. It illustrates that. Why
0: animal blood? Why animal <laughs> Why blood? the yeah. killing like, of an animal? Couldn't it just have been something else? I know. Yeah. Like fast for a while, or don't yeah. do this for a little bit, and keep in mind that most of
1: the cultures of that time, it was child sacrifices. So, <laughs> if you if you think about it, it's, there's almost like a hey, don't. Yeah. In fact, it, it, Genesis, I and believe, that's it's how
0: serious they took lo- the Lord or their God. It is. it is was to sacrifice a child or, or an animal. That's it. I'm sorry, what were no, gonna no, say? you're exactly
1: right. And so there's that story
0: you'll remember of, of
1: Abraham called by God in Genesis 12. He's taken his son up the mountain to, to sacrifice, and, and God steps in and says, no, 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 don't, not the child, the ram. Um, and, of course, we, we could look at the collateral and go, you know, why did the animals have to die? But if God is trying to establish that it is the shedding of blood that forgives sins, mm-hmm. all of a sudden Jesus comes, and everybody that lived with that lens went, oh. And Hebrews, I think it's chapter 9 and 10, Hebrews makes the point really clear in the New Testament that when Jesus died, it says that he sat down at the right hand of the Father. And the point is, no more animals got to die. <laughs> Stop killing the animals. Like, like this, this satisfies the judgment, it satisfies the things for sin. So in that, we go, okay, now my hope is in Jesus. I don't have to kill my golden doodle. I don't have to put my fish in the ground. You know, I, I, can, I can trust in his grace.
0: It's interesting because I have a family member. He said, you know, everybody took God very, very serious back then. And maybe because they didn't have social media and books and movies and whatever things have existed in the last few hundred years or whatever, they didn't have much mm-hmm. to, to do. And so he said, you know, everyone was really focused on these, these ethereal things because yeah. there was nothing to distract and and this person is a non-believer, and said, you know, well, that maybe that's the reason that you know, all of these people followed Jesus because there was basically nothing else to do, and he came promising these amazing words. I think data would show the onset of of television and high-speed
1: cars and social media, especially, is not having a great effect on people psychologically and spiritually. The anxiety is higher, depression is higher, the, the suicide rate. Unfortunately, it's it's traumatic. It's terrible. You know, is 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 rising. There's a tendency that we have a a modern bias. Well, those people were just ignorant. Now we have all this, and I would say, I'm not sure that all of this is healthier or is better. I know. Could it be? In a sense,
0: that it's really the devil's work. Right. Yeah.
1: Right. And, and or like anything, it's a tool that can be used for good or for evil. Good or evil right? right. And so that's we see that with all different mediums. You know, in the first thing we see about God is he's making light, he's making valleys, he's making fish, he's making people, he's making mountains. <laughs> you know, it's it's not theory, it's, it's the physical creation. And so for me, and I, I know this is true for a lot of people, the times when I feel closest to God, it's not when I'm just like, you know, in my closet with my eyes closed meditating, although that can be helpful and we could talk, have that conversation as well. But man, put me out in a, 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 the woods on a fall day with a cool breeze and the trees rising. And I go, how great is our God? You know, I, it's the physical often that I see the, the, the handprints or the fingerprints of God in. And so uh, you used the word distraction. We didn't have all these distractions back then. And I go, right. They, and they are distractions. Maybe, maybe there was some misunderstanding of what God required. Oh, I got to make all these sacrifices But I think that instinct to know that life is about a good God who has given us a good world to cultivate and steward was healthy. And in some ways, we
0: I don't say we're losing that, but in some spaces of culture, we are. Yeah. So that being said, media can be used for good or bad. And we hope that this is on the side of good, which we encourage you to like and subscribe to the channel and follow for more episodes of Grill the Pastor and all kinds of other fun content. It's been great talking with Pastor Chris today. It's been good to be here. Yes. Uh, And uh, hope to see you guys again.